From the dark web to your radio dial, you are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. And I'm joined by a couple of folks from the city of San Antonio this week. And we're going to be talking about uh, turning San Antonio from, a, I'm going to say, just a, a not quite as tech city as it needs to be into a smart city. And it's on its way. And uh, we're doing lots of leading-edge, innovating things here. Uh, we've had some folks on from the Office of Innovation before talking about some of the projects there. But this is uh, some of the stuff that's coming out of that Office of Innovation and just even bigger, full citywide projects. So joined by the Chief Information Officer for San Antonio, Craig Hopkins, and uh, one of the folks working on the smart city initiatives on his team. So, Craig, thank you for coming to join us. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having us and letting us talk to the community about this. Yeah. So a couple of things I want to just hit on is we've got listeners uh, that may be with us here for the first couple minutes of the hour. So we've got the SA Smart Summit coming up on December the 12th. Uh, What is this summit? Where can folks go to learn more about that? So the summit is actually a culmination of about a year's worth of work we've done here in the city to figure out what are the problems we're trying to solve for our citizens and then match them up with vendors that are out there who can bring their technology solutions to bear. Uh, As you said, the uh, summit's on December 12th. Um, The intent of that is kind of a combination of uh, requests for information, an opportunity for vendors and solution providers to come sit with us and talk about problems that need to be solved. But it's also an opportunity for them to learn more about what the civic challenges are here in our community. Uh, Our intent is to spend about half the day um, talking about the customer engagement components of our city. And then the second half of the day, helping them pair up with each other. So big providers with small local providers to put solutions together that they can then respond to an RFP in the spring. Um, uh, Invitations for this will be coming out soon. Uh, and we'll be uh, welcoming everybody to the uh, forum right up until the day of the event. Yeah. So when folks, I think first thing they they think city government, they think roads, they think more roads, they think more roads again after that. Uh, but there's much more to the city government than that uh, from a, a smart city perspective, from a spending perspective, from uh, what you guys are working on. So uh, for those that uh, haven't thought about all the things that the city takes care of. As you guys go through and start talking about providing smart services and tech-enabled services, do you have a couple examples uh, to share? Yeah, I would say that um, there's three categories that we're really focused on, and and we're different than any other city, uh, which has been part of our journey, is to figure out what are the issues to solve for in our city, and not just copy a smart city program from another city. And what we focused on is three categories. One is access to services. Um, citizens need to be able to get to the services that the city provides and they need to be able to more easily participate in government. Um, That is one of our primary challenges. The second is around mobility. So yes, it's about potholes and roads and making roads better and, and eliminating congestion, but at the end of the day, it's about helping people get around the city to go to their jobs, to visit their family, to those things. Uh, a two and a half hour bus ride on the south side is not uncommon for a person to have to go to work and we need to make that better for them. And the last category is really around sustainability. And in sustainability, nobody wants to um, live in a dirty city. Nobody wants to be unsafe or feel unsafe. So a lot of the sustainability is about air quality, public safety, uh, pedestrian safety, those types of activities that we want to change in this city. Yeah. So then on the 
access to some of these services. So one of the apps that's out there, 311SA. So this is an app you can put on your Android or iOS smartphone. You can report potholes, but you can report all sorts of other things there through the 311 services as well. So it's interesting. I think you guys, from my perspective, even as a tech person, you are doing really good at getting access to services. But if folks have awareness, like that 311 app is out there. Yeah. So we're going to remember, it's not about technology. It's about people participating, right? And it's about solving problems in our community. The 311 app is a great way to say, how can you get involved in government right there on your phone? You don't have to figure out who do I call when I get home? Where do I drive up and report something? This gives you the opportunity to be involved in government right from the beginning. I see something, it needs to be fixed. I take a picture of it, I send it in, and it goes directly into our work order system. A lot of people don't know that. They think it's, a, well, it's just another way to send something to 311 the call center. Actually, it goes directly in our work system, and then the departments who are responsible for that uh, respond to those requests. Now, we have got great um, plans for 311 as well, because as we build out even further, we use that as a medium for us to engage with government. Yeah. And so in San Antonio, and maybe, maybe different from some other cities, you said you guys have different requirements and things I think through um, – uh, things like a trash pickup, that's a, a city service here versus a third party um, or private sector provided service. Or what are some other examples of things that, that we do here in San Antonio that you're uh, kind of coming at this from a different perspective of uh, than similar cities around? So we have a great opportunity in San Antonio because we already have partnerships across many of these municipal agencies. Uh, the CPS as our energy provider and SAWS as our water provider are already into the family. We're all, we're all partners in this in agreement. VIA is well embedded in what we do in city government every day. So just those um, organizations alone allow us to actually partner on our solutions. You're absolutely right. Uh, even in solid waste, um, there are third-party providers around here, but it is a primary service of our, of our government. So 40 departments across the city working together, plus seven municipal agencies that have already agreed to work together. We built a coalition. All the CIOs of all those agencies um, have agreed to work together to share our data, share our assets, share the different uh, infrastructure we have within reason and regulation, and yep. of course, we still have to protect our own individual organizations, but not to go after the smart city as separate organizations, but to do it all as one. And then we put a governance structure in place where the CEOs of all those organizations meet monthly, and we actually set strategy and vision together across the city. So it's a very powerful model for us that most cities don't have, where we own the services ourselves, or we are already partnered together in those services. So now we can start to think of the citizen from the outside in, not from an individual organization out as we go forward. So a core part of our program has been about citizen engagement and understanding the civic challenges that are out there so we can go solve to them. So Craig, as you're solving for citizen engagement, you mentioned a few of the departments and uh, other businesses that here that are part of the, the city, um, such as SAWS and CPS you're collaborating with, but who are all of these these different folks that you're working with out there? Because I think it, it helped folks understand kind of some of the complexity that you're navigating um, and the amount of collaboration this takes. So it, it, it does take a lot of collaboration, and I think that's been a good part of this model is that we've agreed to do that with each other. Um, the city of San Antonio, uh, CPS, SAWS, VIA, 
the San Antonio River Authority, the San Antonio Housing Authority, and the Bear County Appraisal District came together and said, you know, we all have data, we all have assets, we're all trying to do smart city things in our individual organizations. Some of us has, have larger shops than others. And we said, you know, let's just pool our resources. So as a CIO group or an IT group, we got together and said, um, what do we have that we can share with each other? But what we did is we stopped and we said, let's do this from the outside in. What's the experience we wanna create for a citizen? And one of those is um, uh, that we, we talked about was the concept of someone moving to San Antonio. So to your um, solid waste uh, question earlier, if somebody comes to San Antonio, they don't understand nine different organizations in the city. They just no. wanna know, where do I get my water turned on? Who do, I, who do I pay to get my power turned on? Who's gonna pick up my trash on what day? And they go through that list of services. And today, we treat all those organizations as separate relationships with a, with a resident. So what we wanna do is we wanna create an experience in the future where a person comes in and has no understanding of what the individual organizations do. We can solve for the event in their life. That event is I'm moving to San Antonio. What a great opportunity before you ever even move to start that relationship with someone coming in. As we go broader in this, we think about UTSA and our school districts and our hospitals and our businesses. How do we get them included in that conversation as well? But it really starts the, um, building experiences that are using design thinking and say, how do I do this from the empathy of, this, of the resident themselves. So we spent some time here in the last couple of months stopping what we were doing and going back out to the community and reconfirming many of those experiences that we believe we need to go forward on. Yeah, I, I like addressing that use case is one of the first ones because uh, all the numbers I see uh, say that we, we have I don't know, 50 to 75 people moving into the city every single day right now. So yeah. those are, are folks regularly going through that experience of coming here and figuring out uh, how to access all the city services for the first time. And the plan is, as I've heard it, is a million more residents by 2040. And so how are we going to plan for those people to have a great experience here in San Antonio? And that leads to another challenge of transportation and mobility. And how are people going to get around our city we're adding a million more people we're not don't want to add a million more cars or more lanes of of highways there are better ways to do that yeah no i'd like us uh, thinking ahead on many of these things so and uh and we've got lots of of programs underway that we've had some different guests on from via and others to to talk about these things and uh, i think we'll continue to figure out how to innovate here the city council uh approving uh pilot program for the electric scooters downtown. I've heard they've taken uh, 500,000 car trips off of the, the roads basically in our downtown area over a six month period already. And uh, that kind of stuff can really add up over time. But it's, it's introduced the separate problem of there's not bike lanes um, in most of the roads downtown right now. Um, and when you didn't have people riding bikes and you only had cars and pedestrians, downtown right. was designed perfectly and things changed pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and like many cities, you have a first mile, last mile problem. That even, no matter how well you build your system, you always have those outliers you have to take care of. But prior to this, that was Via's problem. Yeah. Right? And so now what we've done is that's not Via's problem. That's all of our problem together. So maybe the River Authority doesn't think that necessarily, oh, they're part of the transportation issue. But when we came together as a group, uh, I will tell you, the River Authority was a great person that said, you know, w we want to be part of this problem solving as well. So let's be very focused on the citizen problems we need to solve. And as a coalition of forces, how do we come together and use all our assets to solve it? 
You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is CyberTalk Radio, and we're talking about uh, San Antonio becoming a smart city and the Smart SA Summit coming up here on Wednesday, December the 12th. If you just uh, turned on the radio right now and you wanted to hear uh, this in full, it'll go up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com on Tuesday, December the 4th. It'll also go all over Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. If you wanted to see a still photo of Craig and I here for an hour while you listen to us, you could do that as well. It'll also be out there on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and if you... Uh, listen to uh, podcasts on an app and you cannot find CyberTalk Radio on there, let us know on Facebook or Twitter and we will fix that and get you a CyberTalk Radio t-shirt. So, Craig, uh, related to all of the smart city stuff, you you brought uh, another member of your team with you here. So i uh, going to introduce Brian and uh, have, you, you guys have, have brought on a, a person just to focus specifically on this. Yeah, I will I'll offer that um, over the course of the last year, we've realized that we've really needed to staff up for this in order to bring the integration across those agencies together and to really focus on the customer as we go forward. So Brian Dillard is here with me today and he and his team have really been working in the last several months on the customer engagement component of this. So I want to give him an opportunity to talk about that. Right. So one of the big items that uh, Craig mentioned earlier is that we want customers to dictate what technologies that they need. Uh, it's not about, you know, putting some tech in place, some cool stuff. It's about solving problems that they deal with in, day in and day out. So what we're doing right now is we're approaching our three innovation zone, which is approved by council uh, about a few months ago. Uh, those three are Brooks, Brooks uh, Center down there, downtown uh, district. And then there's also the medical center. So what we're doing is we're going through these through through these three innovation zones and getting responses uh, through a survey form uh, in order to understand what are the issues that there that not only folks that live there but play and work there are going through every day, whether it's traffic congestion or accidents of services. Um, we want to know what the problems are before we start just throwing stuff out there. We want to make sure this rotates around constituents. Yeah. So, I, um, I mean, the way I think about this is a, a private sector guy used to doing product management inside of a city. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So this is where you're, you're out there finding out who the customers are or who the prospective customers are and asking them about their needs. And so uh, how has this gone on since you've joined the team and, and where do you see this headed over the course of, kind of the next year as these smart city uh, initiatives start to gain more traction and start we really start to see some of them out there uh, available to citizens? So the way this ties into the, uh, the, the summit that we have coming up, the vendor summit, is that when these vendors come in, we get to tell them our problems that our communities are facing day in and day out rather than just them pitching us the next tech thing or the next solution that doesn't have a problem. Uh, we want them to come in and be focused on our hyper-local items uh, rather than something that they've taken from another city and just put in place here. Uh, that's kind of the biggest, biggest piece. But also, in the middle of these surveys, we're, we're pivoting. Uh, we're pivoting our approach to who we approach and how we put the survey out there. Uh, we're looking at demographics as they come in. So if we're, say we're in the medical center and we have 70% of the responses are from people that work there, but well, we know we need to pivot and focus on residents. So we'll find a new manner of doing that, which is why now we're going into neighborhood association presidents meetings. You know, we're going out there, we're, we're really uh, tackling to get a, a broader demographic base. So that way, when these vendors come in, we can tell them what the problems we have that they need to solve, and then they pitch it in that direction. Yeah, a real representative sample and not a, a skewed sample. I know, I'm, and I appreciate you guys planning and working ahead on this, but I think you guys being in, in government always get the, well, what have you done for me yesterday? What have you already done kind of question. So I'll, I'll lob one out there around. So I've seen some of these digital kiosks popping up around town. Is this part of the kind of smart city umbrella? Yes, it falls directly under us. And um, 
one of the reasons for the digital kiosk is, um, you know, a big one is kind of wayfinding, but not only for tourists that are here, even though we love our tourists, but they're also for locals. Uh, one of the issues that council, uh, our, our council has told us was uh, homelessness is a big issue downtown. This is just one example. Um, homelessness is a big issue downtown. So with the kiosk, what we have on there, it offers up social services or directions to it. It tells you where the nearest place that if you're homeless, if you have addiction issues, then you can find your way there, which is really cool. I think that's a good component. Everybody thinks it's about, you know, where's the nearest restaurant or bar, but there's more to it, and, and it's more in-depth than that. Yeah. Um, and, and so these kiosks are going in. I think we have 11 downtown, including uh, near, the, near the convention center, uh, up and down Houston Street. You've probably seen them popping up, but also we have two at the airport. Uh, we've got two at two different missions, Mission Concepcion and Mission San Jose. Uh, and then we're going to have seven at uh, seven different VIA stops. So this is another opportunity for us to partner with one of our partners like VIA in a good way. Yeah. And, and as I, I see those rolling out, and that's important because they, you talk about, again, they're serving people and thinking about who are the potential end users of this. And uh, for all folks with a smartphone and a cell plan and all of that, like they can kind of wayfind themselves with their phone and the rest of this. But there are folks that won't have that, especially like tourists as well. At the end of the day, you may have run your battery out. You may be three blocks from your hotel and not able to find your way back and kind of just disoriented because it's not your city. Uh, and and putting those things out there to provide those kind of services, very thoughtful in the areas that you've listed. Because if you were going to blanket the whole city with these kiosks, I'm sure you could spend your entire budget, Craig, because uh, they're nice looking uh, big smart boards. They're pretty cool. If you haven't seen one around, come down and the uh, Houston Street experience, all the revitalization going on in downtown um, and check one out. So I want to add one more thing that these are radically different than anything we've done before um, because these are hyper, hyper local persona based designed. So we where that kiosk goes is depending upon the people we think they're going to need to use them in that area. And then the information that is on that kiosk is very specific to a one mile radius of that as well. So they're not just billboards flashed around the city that like you've seen in other ones. They're very, they're truly smart in the sense that they understand who you are, um, what you will need in that proximity. And it does have general information about the city as well, but it's mostly focused on your hyper local yeah. in that case even has some fun stuff like a selfie cam on it so it's got, yeah, it's check got an arcade on, on it too mm. yeah i haven't seen the arcade yet i must be at the wrong kiosk <laughs> so for a program like rolling the kiosk out that i'm sure went through to an rfp at, at some point so for folks that uh, don't experience city government how these things work every day so um how how long does it take for something like that to go from ideation to issuing an rfp to then getting it out there where we're starting to see them on the streets well, that's a loaded question um, because I know I, it varies wildly, <laughs> but yeah, let's yeah. we'll pick an example project yeah. here. Um, I would say it, it depends, but um, you know, larger projects are going to take more time because RFPs can be complicated in a procurement situation. Um, but you know, six months is a good rule of thumb for a lot of these things. Uh, I came out of private industry, very different set of procurement rules and what you can and can't do. Um, we're we're bound by state rules and local uh, ordinance as well of how we do procurement here. But I would offer that um, the days of just going through a very long RFP process uh, are, are past us. They, we use that tool when it's appropriate for the risk of the work we're doing, but we do have some ways that we can speed some of these things up, and we're actually becoming very good in the city at prototyping. So we have a, um, uh, we have a kind of a five-step mantra that we use. Uh, define the problem, design the experience, prototype the solution, learn from it, and then pivot. 
And we go through that over and over again. And we may never take anything to full rollout because we need to go through that process a couple times to really understand what the right solution is to solve the problem. Uh, and that's really the purpose of the innovation zones is to not get around the RFP process. We're still going to follow the procurement rules and go through that. But to start to prototype these solutions in these innovation zones and see which ones actually solve the problems and then decide from there where you roll out these across the city. Yeah, as, uh, as anyone in the, the technology world knows, and some of our listeners are there, but some of them are not, um, you'll design, you'll ask users ahead of time about stuff, and then it will get out in the real world. And then users will do things with your product, uh, with your solution, uh, that you had no idea that they were going to do. And that's really that learn part of the process we just yeah. talked about, right? Is you need to make some assumptions, but if, you, if you're committed to learning, then you're going to go back and you're going to study behaviors. You're going to talk to customers again. You're going to actually pull your analytics and see what's really happening. And then the pivot says, well, we thought we were right, but that's not what they really want to do. And when you're doing that, you're you're into the project for a small dollar amount instead of a large dollar amount. And I, you know, we have to remember we're using taxpayers' dollars here. So our job is to maximize every dollar we've been given to give it the best solution to solve for our civic challenges that are out there. Yeah. No, and I mean, I think the fact that most folks would go that six months is uh, much faster than I think they have any belief that government can do anything. And you guys actually do lots of stuff on a regular basis. Um, but I think just the perception out there is that government moves super duper slow. And I mean, when you're building a freeway overpass, that goes slow. Those things need to stay and last for 30 or 50 or 100 years. So when you're building something that's going to last that long, it's got to go a little slow. Um, I'd love to, to build roads more quickly. Uh, but in the software side of the world, you guys have a little bit more chance to innovate and prototype. Um, because if it if you don't like the results, you can scrap it after six months. If you don't like the way that freeway overpass worked, it's hundreds of millions of dollars potentially to go back, tear it down, and start over yeah. again. So it's it's one of those ones you got to plan a lot on that. And, and as your technology audience knows, if you're doing large uh, core platform development as well, those are like the roads of your systems, right? Yeah. So higher risk, take your time, do it right, those types of things as well. But even there, we're, we're getting better at using agile and um, different methodologies in large systems to help speed up the implementation, although the RFP process may still be the right thing on a high-risk project. But as we're doing more of this prototyping, I'm really uh, excited to see what the city doing new things. Yeah, so now that you have a bunch of folks out there in our listening audience excited about this and what's going on, um, and they're going to want to work for the city. So where could they go to learn if you have any jobs open in your organization right now? Uh, so so the city of San Antonio has a career center online. You can go right off the main page to the career center and uh, you can uh, sort and look at the different departments that are out there. Uh, I'm a little biased to the IT department if you want to do that, but uh, also all, there's 39 other departments in the city that are also looking for innovative people with fresh ideas who can think about the customer and do design thinking and want to be part of this as we go forward. So the IT guys and gals aren't the only ones building things. Uh, we're building it with everybody. Yeah, that's uh, one of the, the big challenges is being a, a CIO in this era is that the technology resources, both people and budget and equipment, is no longer just underneath your organization. I'm sure there's software developers um, and folks doing technology in every department everywhere across the city these days. Yeah. Well, we actually want that to happen, right? Um, now, tech guys will know about the term shadow ID, IT, but yeah. um, um, there's, a, there's a risk when you can't control who's actually touching code in production. So we don't endorse that, but what we want is everybody who wants to be part of the solutioning 
is to uh, to come into the team, and we work together as a team to do that. So that's actually part of what we're doing with our municipal agencies as well. We have to cross organizational borders in IT shops, and that gets a little tough sometimes. But we have the passion and the will to do it. We'll get through it. Yeah, no, it's it's great to see you thinking in that collaborative first mindset, which is is what you have to do to be successful these days. Uh, so if you're uh, listening to us on 1200 WA right now, we're uh, heading into a bottom of the hour break for news, traffic, and weather update. Craig and I are going to come back and talk uh, about some of the difference between public sector and private sector. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, how the city rolls things out right now, some of the innovation zones and the uh, agile methodologies and things that they're adopting uh, as a city to, to pilot projects, to uh, build out a smart city. If you would like to learn more about what's going on uh, with the smart city initiatives, Brian Dillard uh, on the city team is a great person to reach out to. Uh, and uh, you can join them on Wednesday, December the 12th at the SA Smart Summit. Uh, you are, are not going to be able to stick with us through the break and want to hear uh, Craig's thoughts on kind of public and private sector. You'll be able to listen to the rebroadcast of this up on our website at www.cybertalkradio on Tuesday, December the 4th. And you can also find uh, both the program and the city on Facebook and Twitter. They're out there looking to hear from citizens. We're looking to hear from listeners uh, and uh, give you a chance to get involved. There's Facebook groups for the city government and outreach, uh, all sorts of things. So uh, get out there, get connected, get involved, and uh, help build San Antonio into the city we all want it to be. And with that, we will be right back after the bottom of the hour break. Welcome back to Cyber Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week by the Chief Information Officer of the City of San Antonio, Craig Hopkins. And the uh, first half of the program, we talked about the SA Smart Summit. Uh, had on uh, one of the folks uh, from his staff. If you uh, just tuned in after that news, traffic, and weather update, you can listen to uh, all of those comments uh, on Tuesday, December the 4th. It'll go up on the internet on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com and onto every podcasting service out there. And if you listen to a podcasting service where you cannot find our program, reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we will fix that and we will get you a t-shirt. Uh, for my highly technical listeners out in the audience, yes, you can start your own podcasting service. Let us know that we're not listed there and I will get you a t-shirt, but I'll just ask that you continue to operate that podcasting service for a reasonable amount of time. So feel free to start your own service to get a t-shirt, or if you're that technically inclined, just come on down, visit the studio. We're, we're down by the Geekdom building in downtown San Antonio and ask for a t-shirt, and I'm sure one of my producers will get you one. For those listening across the internet as well, uh, we're, uh, you can listen to this program live if you're on the podcast. Uh, you can, when it comes on, it's on iHeartRadio. Uh, streaming, uh, so you can you can check it out from there as well. And we uh, also post up recaps uh, on a blog and, and other places on the internet if you like to read instead of listen and you just happen to stumble uh, onto this as a radio program right now. So, Craig, uh, one of the things we promised those folks that stuck with us uh, through that break is talk a little bit about some of the differences between your kind of role, public sector versus private sector. So you had a 20-plus year career in the, the private sector working in information technology, and now you've been with the city for a, between a year and two years? Yeah, a little over a year now, and uh, it's, been, it's been an interesting transition. I, I, I really love the uh, opportunity that this role has created for me, and I and I... I really think that my 20 years uh, at USAA in financial services kind of prepared me for this kind of role. I had multiple 
roles at USA, strategy, digital, procurement, op global operations, as well as IT roles. And the, the nice thing about in a, in a municipal role is you have to do all of those things as the CIO. So I did enter the role thinking it was kind of a vertical IT director type of responsibility. Um, as I interviewed for the role and talked to senior leadership, I, I learned quickly that it's that plus this opportunity to provide integration across the departments, um, to actually lead the customer experience component of thinking about it from the citizen and the resident perspective first, not just from an operations in your department. Um, and then to provide this kind of strategic focus that we have to do the things every day we do today to provide quality services for our citizens, but we also need to think about what's this gonna be three, four, five years down the road and are we preparing for it? So um, I'm having a blast. Uh, we're a lot closer to the ground, I like to tell people, is of working with teams directly. Uh, wasn't quite sure what I was gonna find walking into a city uh, environment coming from a private, but I have found incredibly talented people who are passionate, who are in these jobs, not not just to make a paycheck, right? They could probably make money at other places, but they, they have a servant leader heart. They want to be here in San Antonio and they want to serve in this city. Yeah, I think, and this is uh, one of the things that's just special about our city all over the place, both public and private sector, is you have folks, I think, choosing to be here because uh, we're in the middle of uh, being the, the fastest growing uh, city in America and, and things are changing here and you, you've got a chance to be part of that journey. And I think with some of this uh, changing and moving and growing uh, creates lots of interesting technology challenges. So uh, working on a, a team like yours is an opportunity to impact how those things go, but also have lots of, of interesting projects to, to tackle. Yeah, it's no different than any other business, right? Employees get engaged when they know their bosses love and care for them, and then they get to do interesting work. Um, so no matter where you are, it's the same thing. I think what we've had the opportunity to do here in the, in the last couple of years is really bring some interesting work to the teams that they haven't been able to see before. I know um, uh, through financial hard times, cities have to figure out how to tighten their belt to get through it. But when you come out the other side, you get to explore innovation again. So one of the things we're really trying to do inside of the city is create this culture of innovation where every employee uh, their voice can be heard. They have an opportunity to say, I know a better way to do this process or this piece of work, uh, or I want to be included in some of this work, whether I'm an IT person or not. And, uh, and once you get that kind of passion involved in your employees, then, then watch out because then you got to figure out how to get that stuff done. Yeah. So as in the, the private sector world, you all, you have customers that, uh, pay your bills as a, a business. If you don't have customers paying for things, then you're not a business for very long in the, the city. And you have taxpayers that are effectively, your, they're your customers, um, and they're coming in, they're paying their city taxes, or they're paying individually for services that the city offers. Uh, how how do you, do you look at customers any different as a municipality than you used to as a, a private sector? Well, the first thing is you'll hear me slip up all the time and call them customers, right? Because it's just, it's built. Oh, you, have, you have to call them constituents <laughs> or citizens. I, I have not figured out how to do that yet. Um, yeah, I, I still call them customers and I'm reminded that they're constituents or they're uh, citizens or they're residents. And, and, yeah. and I think at the end of the day, the answer is we're here to serve the people of this community. And uh um, and it doesn't matter what we what we call them in that sense. But to your point is, um, in the private sector, um, you are providing a product for a fee. And uh, and yes, there were services that went with that. If you think of it this way, the fee has already been paid, and there there's an expectation of service. Yeah. Um, and so um, uh, I'm we're trying to 
organize uh, our thought process back to product management, like you had mentioned earlier, and having people own their product or their service in the city, which means at the end of the day, um, you're responsible for the feedback from the customer, uh, not just your operational and financial responsibilities, but what does the customer think of your service? Are you listening to them for their ideas of how to make it better? Do you understand who your customers are? Um, uh, an old thinking that I grew up with in the 90s was you build it on the web and they'll come. And you really had to think about, well, wait a minute, who's going to come and what's their perspective and what's their persona and is that the person I want to sell this product to? Um, and bringing that thinking back into the city about all of our services is do we understand our customer? Uh, I'm a huge um, a fan of design thinking uh, through uh, Stanford's design school and many other things that have gone on with that. But the core of that is just empathy is that learning to walk in the shoes of your customer or constituent and understand what their life is like, what their problems are like, and can we provide our service better or do we have to invent a new service to help them in that sense? Yeah, I like it. So there you go. For for those in the, the cutting edge out there of things, you have a, a city government CIO mentioning the Stanford D School, which is, is uh, I'm going to say, Craig, you, you may be uh, in rare air there. Um, it's so are for folks, uh, it's a, a great, design program some of the best uh, designers in the world go through that uh, thinking about user experience they may have been the place uh, that coined the term user experience uh, gosh almost maybe 20 years ago now and, and don't think that you have to pay the money to go to design school you can go to their website and there are down there are videos you can download and you can self-teach and you'll get it all right so um, it, wherever you are use it as an option yeah now it, it, it's great to, to hear and, and see that going on so uh, from a uh, a talent perspective, public sector, private sector, uh, we're all fighting all the time pretty hard. Um, you said, I mean, you've got great people on your team. Uh, Brian, who you uh, recruited, who we had on the first half of the, the program here into the team, uh, great hires. So with that mission-driven piece, if it seems to me, watching what goes on here at the city, you guys are doing pretty good on a talent perspective. I, uh, I'm feeling we're doing pretty good, but um, San Antonio is a tough town for talent, right? We all know that, and I think that's part of our responsibility is to, to make that better. Is Our job is to grow talent here in this town and to keep talent in here in this town. Uh, and um, uh, when it comes to technology talent, um, all of us are fighting for a smaller group of folks, and so we do have to import talent at times. But I, um, my passion is figuring out how to help build that talent up inside of our uh, school systems and our current residents. Um, the city holds a series of, uh, we have a CivTech program. Um, I believe you've talked about it on this program in the past, and I love it. I've walked into that program, and we hold ideathons and datathons and codeathons. But what's really interesting is to see the talent that comes out to be part of that, and they're just citizens in the community. Uh, they may work at other tech companies here in town, but they want to come forward and they want to help civic, help solve problems here in our city. So as we can develop that talent themselves um, as they through those programs or the CivTech also works through K through 12 programs, uh, we help develop them. Um, we're going to have great talent in this town for everybody to take advantage of. Yeah, we, we've had on some of the winners from some of the CivTech Challenge. Uh, one of them is, so yeah, I guess we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, the city also runs an airport. Um, yeah, so the, the San Antonio Airport is a, another city-related entity um, here. And, and uh, Reckon Point, one of the winners, is doing some really cool indoor mapping and scheduling and um, planning and just lots of cool stuff. If you wanted to hear uh, more about what they uh, did in detail, uh, pull up our archives at www.cybertalkradio.com. Or if you'd like to see a still photo of Gabe 
and I. Uh, for an hour, you could look at us up on, on YouTube. But uh, really, just pick your favorite podcasting service. Uh, subscribe to CyberTalk Radio there. Uh, and you can yeah, hear about that and, and all sorts of, of kind of things going on. Yeah, so on that, that talent development side, I know uh, we at, at my day job, we take in some high school interns over the summer. I know the city uh, also is a big uh, participant in the SA Works high school summer internship program. If you're out there listening and you run a business and want to get involved in that, uh, reach out to me uh, through the program or reach out to me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Uh, happy to talk about and promote that. But a big believer that, yeah, the only way we're going to to really fill all of uh, our tech jobs is uh, here and all the opportunities we're going to build in this city is by um, letting everybody that's in high school here uh, know that these things exist so they'll study the right stuff at that level. So you had, uh, I mean, the city had some in. Uh, how do they, they interact with the IT department over the summer? Yeah, so it's a large group that came into the city and we took an opportunity there to let them come into some of our services and take a look at them with fresh young eyes. And um, the, the fun story is we had said to them, well, let's, let's have them come in and kind of do a walkthrough of our website and give us some feedback about, you know, how they would use our website and what we'd do better. And um, most of the kids immediately raised their hand and said, what's a website? Um, and we actually pulled, you know, pulled it up on this big monitor on top of this big PC in this big room. And everybody said, how do you get to that thing? And they pulled out their phones, right? So yeah. it's just, you know, having fresh eyes that that's not the way that generation thinks about how you deliver services. They think about it totally different. Now, that content we put on our website is actually what they'll see on their phones. But nomenclature was totally different in their mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, and it's it's an, an app for everything. Yeah. So we left that session with a bunch of, uh, you know, professional IT people scratching their head going, we don't get it, right? Let's go back to the ground board and start over again, which was great for us, so. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, my teenager, we have a TV at the house and you've got a, a big TV you can watch stuff on, but like they'll just put their headphones in and watch stuff on their phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, that, I mean, that is the center of their connected universe and that whole yeah. whole generation. Yep. And I know you've had some of the winners of our CivTech programs here as well, and some of them are established companies. What I'm really getting excited about is watching um, these folks who are participating in these programs, even if they're not winners um, at, for that weekend event, and they, but they've got really great ideas that either can be commercially uh, developed or just are here for cities to use. And um, I'm talking with many of those folks right now who are just raising their hands saying, I just volunteer to work on this and give it to the city. I want this to be used in our city to make it better. And so um, we're working closely inside to figure out avenues uh, using our accelerators here in the city to help help them become their own companies if they choose to, or at least help them develop the product, um, get some training and upskilling and figure out how they're going to advance their career and help at the same time. Yeah. It's uh, great to see yeah, the, the public-private collaboration in San Antonio. And I think this is one of the things that makes us special as a city um, that's gone on for a very long time with the, the city government, the businesses and people here in the schools and education institutions here, along with the military and seeing kind of that federal the city, local, and the private sector collaboration, uh, and across all of our big successful industries here, healthcare, tourism, and technology. Yeah, and we've got a great veteran community too, right? Right, the, the people um, come to San Antonio and decide to stay, and they want to get built into this community as well. We got an opportunity there to help them. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you are a veteran uh, listener and you want to learn how do I get the tech skills that I need, uh, we've talked to uh, a ton of folks that uh, are GI Bill eligible uh, technical programs here. Um, some even that are on base. If you like, we want if you're retired and you want to go back on base and hang out a little bit. 
There's the uh, Microsoft uh, Software and Systems Academy uh, here in town on Joint Base San Antonio. Uh, but there's a, a ton of other programs, uh, even in the building we're in right now, Open Cloud Academy and, and many others uh, that are all GI Bill eligible and uh, able to get you the tech skills. Even if you did not do technology in the service, uh, you can start off at many of these from ground zero and learn the uh, the tech side of things. You're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and I'm talking with the Chief Information Officer of the City of San Antonio, Craig Hopkins. Uh, we've been bouncing through a whole bunch of different topics. If you just turn the radio on right now, uh, you can listen to this uh, on your mobile phone um, or your mobile devices. Those kids probably don't call them mobile phones. They don't make phone calls with them. But uh, pick your favorite podcasting service on your Android or iOS device. Look up CyberTalk Radio. You can uh, listen to this program in full. It'll be up on Tuesday, December the 4th. If you're already listening to us on those podcasts, thanks for uh, subscribing, uh, being a listener to the program. Uh, and Please reach out. Give us feedback on Facebook or Twitter as uh, if we aren't delivering content that you as an audience would like, then uh, there's not really any reason for us to be here. This is one of the, the big themes that Craig's been hitting on as well. If you're a, uh, a, a resident, I can't call you a customer of San Antonio, if you're a resident or a citizen or a, uh, just happen to be in the city and uh, are using city services uh, and they're not delivering what you want, Craig and his team want to hear about that. So reach out to the city, uh, let them know where and when and how they can make things better. Um, participate in forums such as the SA Smart Summit uh, there where you, you've got a chance to come. Yeah. So, Craig, how do we get the city uh, involved as, as part of the smart city development? Yeah. So, uh, you know, smart city programs over the years have been um, pretty much driven by vendors and technology providers. Uh, that's probably my kind of snarky view of history. But um, the first phases of smart city programs were really technology driven by a specific vendor to sell a specific solution. Um, as they kind of grew through that, the next phase was government, local government stepping in and setting um, problems that they wanted to solve. But we're really in this phase now of co-creation where using technology, using data, using our vendors, um, uh, using local small businesses that are involved in the space, how do we actually get out into the community and get the community to co-create solutions with us? Um, so you heard that from Brian earlier around customer engagement. We've, we've talked a lot about how we get through the CivTech program. We, we use different mechanisms to bring people in. Uh, what I want to encourage and challenge everybody is, if you, if you as a resident of San Antonio know that there's something that needs to be better um, and to change your life, whether that's around transportation, that's around services, whether that's around air quality, whether that's around safety in your neighborhood or lighting, whatever those things are, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what those challenges are that you need fixed to change your life. Because at the end of the day, the mission of the city of San Antonio is to enable prosperity for all of our residents. And so um, there are multiple, there are things that hinder our citizens from achieving that prosperity. And it also depends where you live in the city as well. We're such a big city. So I'm looking for people to get involved in that, to reach out and help us with the, um, formatting the challenges and understanding what problems we solve. The other part is if you're a local small business, and you have solutions or technology in this space, I need you to raise your hand um, because there are very large providers. And uh, as we go through the vendor summit here in December, we're gonna have lots of national providers who would love to play in this space, who come with prepackaged solutions. But we want to make sure that we have local vendors involved in that as well. So if you have a solution or a, um, or a software 
uh, or even a process that you think that the city should enable, I encourage you to register for the summit, be part of the summit, and maybe even ask you to pair with some of these national uh, providers so we can see full solutions that come to our marketplace. Um, and then, we, then we're co-creating in a different way. You're co-creating in the vendors and the solution space as well as the citizen space. Yeah, I mean, San Antonio is uh, one of these markets that's famous for national providers, not even on the, the technology side, to try to come to town. And, and they think they've got it all figured out. They think they've got it all planned out. And then a year, two years, three years, five years later, they uh, turn around and drive out I-10 or I, out I-35 with their tail between their legs. Uh, I think about the, the grocery business and uh, the many fast food franchises have tried to come here into town. And we have uh, local San Antonio businesses in uh, these areas uh, across, whether it's uh, selling chicken here uh, a block away. Yeah, yeah I and mean, you'll see uh, many more of Bill Miller around town selling chicken than you will any of the national yeah. chains. Yeah, we're looking for people who are vested in this community and are passionate about changing lives. And uh, we know there's plenty out there. They just may not know where to go. Um, but I will tell you that the uh, innovation team and the IT team at the city and all the partners we're working with across the municipal agencies, we're, we're open to business and we want to hear from you. Yeah. So how often do you, you get together? Um, so speaking of, we've got the unique piece of San Antonio, but at, at a national level, is there, a, on the private sector, there's all sorts of executive forums for CIOs where they get together. On the municipal side of things, do you guys get together with your peers of other large metros? Yeah, it's a little more scattered than you'd find in the private industry, but it exists. Um, uh, actually, Texas has a CIO forum themselves. Um, we have a CIO at the state of Texas level, and then uh, state, county and municipal agencies come together once a year and share. Uh, as I'm learning, as this is new to me as well, uh, the issues that a state, a county, and a municipal um, agency deal with are very different. Um, there's also an opportunity that we bring together in the state of Texas, uh, the large cities, uh, CIOs as well. Um, one of my first things I did when I reached out was not only met the CIOs of all the municipal agencies in San Antonio, I tried to reach out and learn and meet my colleagues at other cities. So. There's, you know, there's no, um, there's no shame in borrowing what others have learned. And as I was a new guy here, a lot of people have gone before me. So I've got some great mentors out there in other cities that are helping with me. Um, and then in the smart city place, uh, space, there's actually a few programs out there that bring together um, innovation leads and CIOs from multiple cities, um, U.S. and international, specifically to talk about programs that are going on. Uh, this is where I will brag on San Antonio a little bit. Uh, our approach has, uh, our collaborative approach is very different than what I've seen in many other cities. Uh, many cities have gone, uh, started their programs and gone bust and have had to reset. I think we took a little extra time here to get ours organized, and I think we're going to be much stronger for it. So, Craig, you mentioned at one point you've got a, a CISO. I think we may have been off the air chatting for a little bit. So you're responsible for all the application delivery, but then also the, the security of, of all of this. And uh, how do you, you work through that aspect on the cyber side of the security piece? Yeah, so uh, the IT organization in the city is responsible for both physical data and cybersecurity as well. Uh, Patsy Boozer is our chief information security officer and has a great um, a great resume from where she's been in her career. Um, we're lucky to have her and she can really think across those three things. So as we bring IoT devices to the to the table, as we bring this kind of smart uh, city programs to the table, uh, you know, her first response is always um, uh, data security. 
Um, and as we start to incorporate more and more of our constituents' data into these programs, uh, you know, in order to get services personalized to you, you might need to share something about yourself. So the days of being anonymous uh, on the city uh, tools may be gone. So now it becomes a greater burden for us to make sure that we protect that data as we go forward. So, um, you know, this is where uh, I love having Patsy on the team because she understands these things. But as we bring more and more vendor solutions to the table, uh, we have to set a framework where we, the city, own the customer experience and we, the city, own the platform and the infrastructure that it runs on. We can't give that away. We can bring multiple vertical solutions to bear uh, to solve um, uh, civic challenges, but we can't give up those responsibilities. So um, this will be difficult with multiple vendor solutions about how we manage one platform, how we manage that together, but I know we've got a really smart team to do that. I also know we've got a great community out here that uh, knows this better than I do and can help us with that. Yeah, so it, as you guys uh, continue to, to roll out more of these uh, connected and uh, smart services, it, it's I think I find it interesting as you have data classification problems, I think, on the, the public sector side that you, you don't necessarily, in the, the private sector, it's a little bit easier. You may be uh, required to keep certain records uh, where in the, the financial services are required to keep some as well. But in the private sector, I think we solve data security in a lot of cases by just throwing stuff away, and you guys are not necessarily allowed to do that as a city. I've learned a lot about the open records requests uh, yeah. as I come in here, which is very different. But I actually like it because um, you know the mentality is all this data belongs to the public. Right? Yeah. It's not ours to hide or store or whatever it may be, but um, we need to make it available. So we're doing much more with open data, pushing the data up to our portal so anybody who wants it can use it. Um, but it, we also have a, an obligation to protect that data as well. Yeah, and sanitize it and clean it and all of this, yeah, because you want to share the results out there so that people can figure out how to help you innovate and make the city better without compromising any individual residents' privacy at the same exactly. time. Exactly. So Tricky balance. If you're a resident or part of a homeowner's association, you want to know certain things about your area, we need to give you that data so you don't have to ask for it all the time. But I also want to be able to put that to your very point. I want to mash that data up and make it available so really smart people can say, you had no idea that these were the problems you need to solve, and they can come in and innovate with us. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for uh, taking a role here at the city and um, spending hopefully the next 20 years uh, in your career uh, doing the innovation that you were able to do in the private sector for us in the public sector. Well, I enjoyed being here and uh, anything I can do to help the city, I'm, I'm in. Thank you for listening out there on 1200 WAI. And if you uh, are listening via podcasting service, thank you for doing that as well. If you just turned your radio on and wanted to catch this in full, uh, check out our website at www.cybertalkradio.com and learn how to subscribe.